Hello and welcome to SME SOS, the podcast from southwestbusiness.co.uk, which aims to help owners and managers of small or medium-sized businesses tackle some of the challenges and grasp some of the opportunities that come before them. My name is Gavin Thompson. Today we're talking about exporting. New figures out recently showed that Southwest companies are, are trading overseas more, and indeed more companies are trading overseas in the Southwest. But the region still only makes up a, a small percentage of exports from the UK as a whole. So why should you export and how do you do it? Well, joining me to discuss that today are four experts. We have Hilary Green, who is an international trade advisor from UK Trade and Investment. And I believe she'll soon be uh, taking part in a trade mission to Poland for first-time exporters. We have Nigel Davis uh, from HSBC Bank, where he is a regional director. Guy Watson, the operations director at FOSS Technology. Uh, FOSS develops uh, lighting for protective clothing, help make workers more visible and, and, of course, safe working at night and in dark environments. And finally, we have Musa Clark, who is the export manager at Bath Ales, who sell their beers in countries including Serbia, Russia and New Zealand. So welcome to you all. Uh, Musa, I'll, I'll start start with you. Um, just tell us a bit about, about your story, really. I mean, how does a, a brewery based sort of near Bristol end up selling ales in, in places like Russia? Um, <laughs> yeah, good question. I think um, to start with, um, I think the beer industry itself has been going uh, through um, sort of quite a lot of changes and quite a lot of growth over the, over the last few years. I mean, particularly the kind of more traditional real ale segments um, in, in the UK has been undergoing a bit of a renaissance. Um, certainly there's um, a wealth of uh, um, new breweries popping up sort of um, very regularly in, in the country and there is a wider sort of global movement for quality beer, um, for craft beer or, or world premium beers. So um, we've kind of tapped into that. Um, I guess Initially, uh, you'll find probably um, uh, we were getting sort of inquiries anyway um, via our website, mm. um, um, and also we so there was a few sort of at least in the initial stages that would be kind of how it started out. We'd uh, we'd maybe uh, someone would approach us, a distributor or a shop would approach us, or a bar would approach us abroad, and we'd see if we could kind of fulfil that 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 inquiry so or that order. Yeah, orders, yeah, one orders, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's gradually then. Um, Developed, I suppose we uh, maybe two or three years ago we started looking at it a little bit more kind of seriously, mm. uh, and then actually started to to research markets and 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 look for look for opportunities in a sort of more more proactive way, um, and we found that's you know um, um, that to be sort of successful. I mean we um, we work with UKTI um, and um, they can often help you to get into events. Um, for example, abroad, uh, either food, food, they could be, in our case, sort of food and drink events or specific alcohol or beer events. Um, and you can go there and present your brand, essentially. So, so um, you'd obviously do a, a bit of research on the market first to see if you know, there, is, uh, there is already an existing um, uh, sector for, for British beers or for world, premium, you know, world beers in, in general. Generally, that is the case. Um, and um, we would then sort of um, try to kind of weigh up the kind of size of the opportunity, and then uh, and, and and then go over there. I mean, as a, as a as an example, um, you know, we were we attended um, the uh, something called the Belgrade Beer Festival, which yeah. happens in Serbia, um, sort of every year. Um, we went over there three years ago. 
um, um, essentially it was organised by the by the trade team at the at the British Embassy over there for for British uh, beers to to go over there. Um, we didn't particularly have any expectations about the market, to be honest. We didn't really know kind of that much about it. But we went over there. The event was a great success. And since then, we've now appointed a distributor over there. So I'd say actually getting over there in person is, 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 a, is a really important part of it. Mm. Um, meeting, you know, seeing the market for yourself, uh, seeing how it actually works, uh, and meeting the people yourself. Because, well, as with, as with any kind of... Um, business essentially, but you know, it, with export as well, it's really important to have kind of personal relationship with your with mm-hmm. your with your partners. I mean, depending on what kind of sector you work in, you may look at a different kind of strategy for entering into markets. Yeah. I mean, we've we've particularly gone for um, because of our size um, uh, and because of the type of products we do, we've gone for a kind of distributors. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are many ways of, of, of entering markets. You could look at um, agents. You could look at um, yeah, um, setting up manufacturing sort of yeah. locally. Um, and in the future, that may be those may be things we look at. But certainly, initially, it's it's uh, it's um, it, it's uh, it's a good way to kind mm-hmm. of start is to, to you know get orders and fulfil them. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, essentially. And there's a couple of things we'll probably pick up on there later on around around um, research and uh, and getting doing the face to face stuff. But Guy, tell me, does that resonate mm-hmm. with you? How what's the, the story? Yes, it does. Us? I mean, I think I think. Uh, I totally agree with you. It's very important to go to those target markets. You've got to go and meet these people face to face. And I think, you know, in terms of where we are at Foss Technology, that's been quite challenging for us because we are such a small team. You know, having the resource uh, and the time and the money to to invest in that is is quite important. If you're really going to take it seriously, um, it's very easy to focus on your home market in the UK and, and for us as an organisation. That's where our primary focus is. But like Barthales, we get a lot of inquiries through our website as well, uh, literally globally. And uh, some of those lead to, to, to sales uh, and some of those might lead to other discussions potentially. Uh, I, I think we would prefer to go down the route of a distributor rather than an agent uh, because we feel that's more manageable. Um, or alternatively, with the product that we've got, we could also explore just selling our technology to a manufacturer and mm-hmm. picking up on your point of manufacturing in region. So we could sell our technology to a garment manufacturer in South America, in Brazil, for example, and they could then take it to market in that region mm-hmm. because one thing that I've picked up on fairly recently, actually, we've had a lot of inquiries from, from South America and you know uh, a couple of organisations that were really keen to start acting as a distributor for us, but they are very challenged with the very high import duties that they're. So there's a lot of it, some markets as well can tend to be sort of quite protectionist. So you'll you'll find there's yeah. a, there's a higher threshold of, of, of import duty or yeah. of, or of um, or of uh, bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean that that to a certain extent the 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 that can get it's mitigated by the the British government making. <coughs> Yeah. you making certain deals to make the, the, that, that process easier yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah certainly we, we, you know, we found that in certain South American markets particularly that can, mm. be, uh, can, be, can be quite challenging but if you have a, hopefully if you have a good partner they can help you yeah, navigate no, that absolutely and yeah. I think you know that, but that all takes time yeah, doesn't exactly, it yeah. to, to you know, find out you know, who the right people are and, and certainly we're engaged with the UKTI and we've looked at OMIS and, and I, I think the OMIS programme is a great programme to help a, a young business that really wants to focus on exporting. Uh, but, of course, that still has an associated cost. And, you know, I think quite, what we've seen is 
a lot of that is all going to be down to timing. You know, when is it right for us as a business that we can, you know, afford that investment and time to say, for example, we want to go and look at Poland much more aggressively. We want to get out there, meet some potential distributors and things like that. You know, I, th I think, you know, you have to weigh all these things mm. into consideration in terms of, you know, where, where are you going to get your sort of fastest, you know, um, Return. That's very, yeah, that's very true. Because yeah. because because for a small uh, business, the you know the particularly things like trips are, can be sort of yeah. quite, quite it's quite a high investment, isn't it? So it is, yeah. so uh, so you want to make sure that you're getting the maximum kind of yeah. you know, the maximum bang yeah. for, for the buck essentially. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. so when you go there, you want to be you want to be um, you know you're doing your market visit as well, but you want to meet, be meeting distributors essentially. You want yeah, to be meeting as do. many people as possible. You and, do. And, 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 you and, do. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think on your point on the, on the trade shows. Um, well, I, I'm not sure about trade shows because they can cost a huge amount of money to to have a presence That's true, trade, yeah. trade show. I'm, I'm not certainly in our world in in sort of uh, PPE personal protecting. You know, there's lots of big shows. There's a very big show coming up in Dusseldorf in October, but it literally costs tens of thousands of pounds to have a stand there. And you know, we we've, we've attended some trade shows in the UK. And, you know, even those cost tens of thousands of pounds potentially. And the return that you, you might get on those might not make it viable. So we... I sometimes think, though, that it's worth... Uh, it can be worth attending them without exhibiting. Right. Uh, yeah. Purely because um, you, you'll find that there's, there's enough people there. Yes. And as long as you can get to meet them, yeah. there's enough people yeah. there who, who are relevant yes. that, that you don't necessarily need to exhibit. But, yes. but then that, that, create, that means you have to do more work in terms of finding those people rather than them coming yes. to your stand. So, yeah. so it, is, yeah. you know, it can still be worth attending those things, and maybe, but maybe not shelling out the, the yeah. thousands of pounds it costs yeah. to, to exhibit. So, I mean, I yeah. guess that's where OMIS can help a bit. Mm. Yes, and, and I would also say about trade shows uh, that, that a number of the big international trade shows are supported by UK trade investment. So we actually have um, a, a UK pavilion there mm. where, uh, where, where companies mm. can get a subsidised mm. stand mm. and, of course, an awful lot of support from UKTI um, uh, in, in market. And they're often, for example, meet the buyer events associated so you get additional contacts um, so, you know, it, it's always worth asking the question yeah. uh, if you're engaged with UK Trade and Investment, ask mm. an international trade advisor, mm. is there any support to go to this trade show? Mm. Are there any events associated with this trade yeah, show exactly. that we can get involved with? Mm. So I know, I, I, I know, for example, Anuga, which is a big food yes. event coming up. There's going to be a meet the buyer event. Whether you take a stand or not, whether you're engaged with UK yeah. Trade Investments uh, Pavilion yeah. uh, or not, you can still go and take part. I mean, I suppose the beauty, the part of the beauty of that is those those, those networking opportunities. They're they're warm contacts, so yes. they're they're open to approach, and it's not like if you go to a trade show and you're just no, walking sure, around exactly. trying to meet yes. people so it just makes it a, hopefully a lot more effective yeah people are there to do business so they're sort of yes. open minded to it and mm. Nigel I'll bring you in in a moment on the finance side but, but Hilary you were just talking there about the benefits of things like meet the buyer events mm. but just just set out for me um, the benefits of exporting in general what's, what are, what are the, the pluses for businesses Okay. Uh, well, I think that there's. Um, I mean, for most companies, it's about growth. 
uh, and it's about spreading risk. Uh, you know, obviously, we've just been through horrendous downturn in the UK market. I know the markets around the world have been affected as well. But obviously, if you are focused purely on one marketplace, then you know you're you're at the mercy of uh, of uh, the economic conditions in that marketplace. If you can go and find, even if it's quite small, small niche niches in other markets it just does and you know help to make you more resilient as a mm. business I think um, I think over and above that uh, you know obviously the sort of bottom line growth um, there's also in terms of um, helping you to become more productive it's been demonstrated time and time again through research that businesses that export are more productive and essentially more innovative because you know they're, they're, they're getting all that input they're getting requests for new products or product variations from you know from all of the work can you, know, can you do we like what you do but can you do something like this mm. and it just all helps to make you yeah, a more exactly. innovative business yeah absolutely i mean an example of that is you know we um uh, you, you might find that your main brand in the UK is not necessarily the main brand that does well in, in other markets. So yeah. that, you know, or you may find you have to tweak your recipe in order for it to yeah. either um, comply with uh, local regulations or, or, yeah. with, um, or with local tastes. Um, you may, your, your brand name may have to, you know, sure. it may not yeah. always, it may not always, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, but those things kind of make you, they make you more sort of nimble, you know, they, make, they mean you can, you're, you're, you're more adaptable to kind of change. But and I, helps, I think, that helps you I at think home there as well. is a danger in that as well, mm-hmm. that you can, as a manufacturer, you can also lose your focus a bit because it's very easy to try and be all things to all people. Right? And, and if you try and do that, then you're in big trouble yeah. because I, th- I think you've got to focus on this is what we produce, these are our core products and yeah. this is what we want to sell and this, this is why we want to sell it and these are the benefits. Of course, you, know, you can tweak things a bit and you know, we had an inquiry from Sweden recently, they wanted to make a small adjustment to one of our products and we can do that very easily and yeah. it's like, okay, well, if we do do this, what does it mean? in terms of mm. return and mm. it, it could be quite quite an exciting opportunity so yeah you, I think it is it does make you adapt a bit I, yeah. I think the key thing in all of this is what we talked about is, is the research in your markets yeah. you know, actually to understand it can be a scary place for small businesses to think about exporting and, and, and certainly we with HSBC we just like to try and demystify that because yes there'll be a language barrier yes there'll be other barriers but at the end of the day the market's the same as what we have and I think uh, both desktop and actually going out I like the idea of uh, I think if, it, if it's appropriate um, I think understanding what your competition is yes. mm-hmm. and what differentiates you from the competition mm-hmm. um, is absolutely critical because if you focus on your markets you can do a lot on the desktop um, and the regulatory framework as well depending on what industry you're in can be as as, um, as shall we say impactful <coughs> as um, uh, as the import duties so I think that's one thing and then the final thing is protecting your product you know, in terms of IP, yeah. and just because you've got to protect it in one country, it doesn't mean it's protected in another country. No. So I, I'm, I'm a great believer in doing your research, and there's a lot of uh, support out there. I mean, even for businesses starting out there, Open to Export is a, is a UK government-supported site to start exporters. Uh, HSBC has a site called Global Connections, where you can. there are 30 country guides in there. They're done in conjunction with PwC. And they'll tell you everything if they're free. They'll tell you everything about uh, the country that you probably need to know from wage rates if you think you're manufacturing mm. down to what are the bank holidays and what's the economy like. So I think there's an awful lot around research. Mm. But it, it, it's, we, you don't want to be able to start a rabbit in the headlights. 
No, to a certain extent, you've got to kind of get on with it and try it as well. There is, I mean, there is no substitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to get out there with your product. I mean, I think, I mean, think depending on your product as well, there are, there are certain markets where you may be, you know, it's easier to try to do that. Yeah. That, so, I mean, in beer's case, it's probably somewhere like Scandinavia. Um, you know, I mean, that, I think that was, I think Sweden was the first place we actually exported mm. to, and that's and that's partly because. Um, in our industry, you know, um, Sweden is particularly seen as a kind of early mover sort of um, market. They like trying new things. Yeah. Um, they're probably slightly ahead of the game in the in the in the in the craft beer sort of market anyway. So so there are there are probably markets that are easier than or, or geographically close markets such as Ireland or France. You know, yeah. that, that, you there's know. something on that as well in terms of complementary markets. Yeah. I mean, you both just happened to mention Sweden for two completely different products, but you will be coming up similar things in the markets itself. Yeah. And I think it's 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 really good to kind of get that network and understand sure. who is doing what. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and your partners in that country, sure. you know, be it your mm. bank, be it um, a mm. setup agency or whatever, mm. you can gain so much from just mm. talking and networking. To people. And, and Nigel, with with a from the bank perspective, I mean, do do the banks does HSBC like businesses? That are exporting is that you know? We do, love do, businesses. <laughs> I mean, uh, part of the genesis of HSBC is in international trade mm. anyway, and we cover ninety percent of the world trade flows. Um, so, if most people are exporting, we are probably in both countries, both ends of the country. We put a lot of research out there. I mentioned Global Connections, mm. which is a downloadable app. Um, we have a lot of market intelligence, and, and one of the beauties of HSBC is that all the um, all the branches around the, the world are charged with exactly the same motivation. So I'm, I'm encouraged, and I'm, I get excited about businesses exporting. Similarly, when I speak to my colleague in Bangladesh, in uh, Mexico, wherever, they are similarly excited because they have exactly the same uh, mandate. We introduce people, we make rooms available for uh, people mm. travelling, and we can even introduce them to a select group of suppliers or uh, manufacturers. Because it, it strikes me that the, the thing that holds a lot of companies back is is fear and, and is that risk. You know, you, you talked about um, risk earlier on. And Musa, you know, you're, you're exporting to Russia mm-hmm. and politics mm-hmm. plays a part and we saw you know images in the news a while ago of, of imported food in Russia being steamrolled and, and the like sure so, yeah I mean so I think yeah if you, if you were uh, I mean if you were you know if you're making camembert I think mm. you, yeah that's a, that's a you know um, beer isn't included in that I mean yes you do have to pay attention to to, to, yeah. to politics and uh, and and to um, you know currency fluctuations um mm. Um, I mean, it, the way we kind of mitigate against currency, for example, is we tend to um, we tend to quote and uh, and, and invoice in, in in pounds. So we, we we sort of shift the currency risk. Um, however, you know, you even if you do that, you you still then have um, a risk of your your products becoming too expensive if yeah. uh, if, uh, if you know yeah. if the pound I, is strong. So so you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Dual pricing yeah. for me yeah. is my favourite advice yeah. because yeah. that way, as long as you're hedging it, you can, you can cover it very simply sure. with a yeah. simple contract. Yeah. Um, our job is to make people buy our product, make it easy for people to buy our product. Sure. If you're supplying from the UK, yeah. dual currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we tend to use um, US dollar. And British pounds, mm. to, to, depending on where we might want to sell to. So we, I guess we've taken that approach slightly. Um, but I think the other the other aspect um, you didn't mention in terms of why export, you know, for us is also seasonality. Yeah. So you know, our products 
tend to be obviously more popular in the winter time when it's darker more often. So in the summer, you know, we'd like to be doing lots of business in Australia and New Zealand, for example. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get to a stage where by exporting, you know, that will help, you know, stop the dip being so um, so obvious. And, and we'll we, we, we are all exposed to international markets anyway through, through Google if you take social media. I think it's important that, that you consider which markets you want and you can drive that demand by the language that you put on your, um, on your, your web page. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 25% of all searches are done in English, ergo, there's a lot of local markets. Sure. If you can appeal, it's all, it's all about making it easy for your target uh, market to, to buy from you. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, I think it's very true to say that I have not experienced a time where British products and services have been so much in demand. Right. And I think as long as you've got a good product, a good service to offer, um, then there will be demand for it. It's just a question of actually, for my, for my money, it's actually as much as anything else, it's how you get it out there. So carefully selecting marketplaces and finding the right route to marketplace for... for yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for us, you know, sadly, we don't manufacture anything in the UK, but, you know, our brand and our technology and our IP mm. is British. Mm. Um, it's just that we have to manufacture in Asia um, because we can't afford to manufacture here. Um, but you add so value here. We add value here, yeah. right, and, and we drive and the, the innovation here and the innovation yeah, and, and the technology is all driven here. So, and, and um, you can access those markets by being by supplying an international firm anyway who would be yes. a user of your mm-hmm. product. Yes, and, and once you get that brand established, because people are very brand sensitive. Yes, you know you you can get a. I guess you could. I could go and probably go and get a fluorescent jacket with lights on made, but it wouldn't be like anything the standard that no. you would do. No, and then it's your brand. And your brand has to come through in everything you do, whether yes. it's on the website to the actual product itself, to the way that yes. you, you discuss and talk. In yes, and actually thinking also about brand. Just coming back to why export, because uh, a number of companies say to me, "Well, you know, I'm going to build this business, but in five, ten years' time, I'm going to be selling it." and in order to get the maximum value from my business, it needs to be an international business. Absolutely. So that, that's yeah. an important We, we underestimate that. I mean, HSPC did a, uh, a study on what the world looked like in 20, the year 2050. And one of the interesting things that came out of that was 19 of the top 50 economies in the world by the year 2050 are what we know today as emerging markets. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the UK is uh, presently uh, fifth, and it will slip to sixth. So my fear is that a lot of my clients are thinking, I'm domestic, I sell in sterling, I buy my materials, and I'm not exposed to currency, and I'm in the top 10, so I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And the challenge I have with that is if we're a top 10 economy in the world, everyone else in the world will want to sell into a top 10 economy mm-hmm. in the right. world. And you've suddenly got an exchange risk because someone in another country will be manufacturing at a different currency yeah. to sell in, and therefore we suddenly have an exchange risk. So I think it's really important to your point, Hillary, that we keep our eyes on the, the global economy because it's not big. Now, no. One of the points that has come up a couple of times is, <coughs> is getting out there and meeting people face-to-face. Um, Hillary, how, how do businesses do that? I mean, UKTI, you run these sort of trade missions overseas. How, how do, if someone comes to you and says, look, I, I'm thinking of exporting, I'm not quite sure about, about where, when I get out and meet some people, mm. what can you offer them? Okay. Um, well, 
Uh, do you remember Robert Peston saying at one of our events that if you're going to export anywhere, you can do it better, faster and cheaper with UK trade and investment? And obviously by linking into UK trade investment, you do link into all our partners, like, for example, the banks um, and you know, lots of other organisations, freight forwarders that, that can offer all sorts of support. But UK trade investment, in terms of actually getting you out there... Um, well, I think the first thing I would say is on the 11th of November at Ashton Gate Stadium, we're going to have a big event. We have a big annual event called Explore Export. And there will be over 60 export, uh, experts in export from all around the world, including Australia, the States, Brazil, the Middle East, Asia. Uh, our experts will be, will be heading to Ashton Gate and you can book one-to-one appointments with them. Um, and, uh, and and they will be able to give you a quick and dirty feel about the market for your products or services there. Um, they'll be able to give you information on the markets, on prices and that sort of thing. And they will obviously be able to go back uh, to their countries and follow up from, with that. Uh, so that's a great way of actually just getting a snapshot of where you might sit in any given marketplace. Just to say as well that the, the, um, the international... Sort of trade team, the, the, the guys based in all the, the, the various embassies or, mm-hmm. or cham- um, uh, chambers of commerce around the world, uh, they're very knowledgeable. They're, yeah. they're, they're normally, they really yeah. know their stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm certainly in all my kind of interactions with them, they, they've, been, they've been great. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, that's it. So, so you get a chance to speak to people here without actually having to leave Bristol. Um, if you then get excited enough about the, the opportunities in the marketplace to want to go out and have a look for yourself, and, and we do recommend absolutely that you go out and do your field research, you do some desktop research, you do some, and then you get out and have a look. Great idea to go and have a look around a trade show, go and walk the floor, you don't have to have a stand, just go and talk to people, as I say, UKTI and the big shows will be there anyway, so they're a great you know, hub for you to, to link in with. Um, you can then um, commission some more, uh, some more detailed research from our, uh, from our colleagues out there. Uh, we have a scheme called Overseas Market Introduction Service, where you, which is a, is a chargeable but highly subsidised service where you can get a lot of information and in particular you can get uh, introduced people who uh, would be interested to buy or to distribute uh, to represent you in the marketplace. Mm. So that's, and in the meantime, yeah, we have, we have market visits, we have events, we have fantastic range of webinars and all sorts of subjects. It, there's just really too much to talk mm. about. Uh, come along to Explore Export on the 11th of November when you hear all about it. Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly endorse that. I mean, yeah, for us as a small SME, thinking about dipping our toes in the water and really pushing export into certain countries, we found it very helpful. And there is a tremendous amount of resource there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to know where to start and who to go to, you know, because there is so much, which is fantastic. But uh, I think, you know, we found having a trade advisor helped us quite a lot. So he would come and meet me, you know, every so often sit down and say, talk with me about, you know, what which markets are we thinking about going for? And then he could talk to me about what grants were available and, and things like that. So it was very helpful. And that professional advice is absolutely spot on because we all know someone down the pub who knows why we shouldn't do lots of things and why we shouldn't <laughs> do lots of things. They can be old, historic and anecdotal. And I think it's important that you do get that current yeah. um, kind of... And, and so I suppose what I'm saying is validate the advice that you get mm. to make sure that it is um, something you should listen to. And just, just a quick... quick um one, possibly for you, Nigel. Um, I mean, 
we've talked the companies that were that we've sort of got here with us today. They're manufacturing products. You know, food and drink is a big export for the southwest. But what else can you export? Can you export services? Absolutely, expertise uh, in the main. Um, I was running our Canadian business um, up until last year, summer of last year. Um, we had architectural engineers who we took abroad who did, had a particular um, process that they used. They couldn't manufacture these things and ship them because they were too heavy, but they could export the expertise. So I think consultancy services certainly. Um, and, and I think the, uh, the web and social media is a huge way to, to be in the market today without leaving the desk. You know, I think if, if we, you understand, if you understand your value to market, who your competitors are, and what differentiates you, and then understand how the market moves, so whatever country you're in, if it's social media, and even something simple as Twitter, you know, you get your product out there. We we ran a session um, with on social media, and, and a lot of small businesses were they haven't got the, the, the number of people nor the the um, uh, resource to to build a big social media machine. Yeah. Just watching Twitter. It is as simple as that to sort of see what are people saying about my product in what country mm-hmm. and is that what I think yeah. I want them to say about my product and that in itself so I, I think you can access an awful lot from your from your own um, office and yeah. certainly going to, to exporter um, and trade shows is absolutely right go and talk to people get mm-hmm. advice on the ground and, and they will know a lot of people who are already exporting one similar products or two to, to a country you're interested in so uh, coming towards the end, need to sort of wrap up. So I just want to bring things back to our, our sort of businesses, our, our exporters um, in the room. Guy, what, from, what would you say to other SMEs who, who might be thinking about exporting or might, might not have considered it? I would just say be very thoughtful about your target market. So don't try and, and go everywhere. I think you need to research where you think your product is, is going to sell well, you know, what the size of the market is, what your competition is, and really try and nail down probably three or four target markets and keep it to that for the, for the moment. Don't try and change the world overnight because it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll lose control. Um, that would be my advice. Yeah. And, and Musa, um, similar for you, but you've exported to a number of different markets now. So what's, what do you think is the key lesson you've learned from that? What's the biggest thing you've learned? Um, I'd, well, I don't care what you say, which is don't try to do everything at once. I'd say you know concentrate on on a on a couple of markets at a time and try and get established there because there's there is a lot of opportunity out there, and if you try and do it all, you'll just you, you, you'll 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 mess up. Um, the other thing I would say, having said that though, I would also say get on with it and try and do it because you'll learn. Even if you make mistakes, you'll learn through those mistakes, and you'll be able to um, you know you'll, you'll be able to overcome them. And just the fact that you've overcome come that means it will send you in better stead for the for the for the next uh, next opportunity you look yeah. at. The key thing for me is make sure you know you're going to get paid. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> getting getting paid. Very <laughs> get paid. And by that, I mean financing as well. Yeah. Talk to your bank about how you're going to finance it, whether it's a, a risk of not getting paid or the terms. And I think that's overlooked quite a lot. We get we get seduced by a huge order and we think, we, we, we're kind of thinking, then how do we fund it, number one? And if I'm going to get paid in 60 days, yeah, it's good. frankly, it may all be over. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do some due diligence as well. I mean, um, you know, from, from a legal perspective, but also from a from from a, from a financial perspective as well, in terms of getting paid, I mean, you want to you want to know who you're selling to as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Well, I think I think that's all we've really got time for today. But uh, some some great uh, advice there. Really researching your market, getting out there, and uh, do you know doing your doing your homework, both on as you say, getting paid, definitely very important. And if you do want to find out more, well, as um, Hilary told us, there's an event coming up at Ashton Gate on November the 11th, and uh, I'm sure lots of uh, 
good opportunities to, uh, to find out more there. So my name is Gavin Thompson. Thank you to Hilary Green from UKTI, Nigel Davis from HSBC, Guy Watson from Foss Technology and Musa Clark from Bath Ales. Uh, you can find more SME advice and stories about local businesses on our southwestbusiness.co.uk website. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear others like it, you can search SME SOS on iTunes to find them. Thank you for listening.